0: For 20 years, University of Illinois police have used a special kind of community policing to protect the sprawling land-grant university based in Champaign County patrolling with motorcycles. I'm Mary Shank, and this week on Legally Speaking, retired U of I police officer Steve Meckling talks about the invaluable contributions of Harley-Davidson dealer Sharon Andre, the history of the motorcycle officer program, and some of his more fun stories from riding a hog for a living for about 15 years. We'll be back after this.
1: Hey, Jim Rosso, News Gazette Media Vice President, reminding you that we have a ton of podcasts available at newsgazette.com. Every day of the week, from Dave Gentry's morning show to Scott Beatty's News Hour to Brian Barnhart's Penny for Your Thoughts. Head to our website, newsgazette.com, and search for podcasts.
0: My guest today is retired University of Illinois motorcycle police officer Steve Meckling. He's uh, a motorcycle enthusiast who actually got paid to do what he loves, right?
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, it worked out pretty good.
0: Tell me a little bit about your work as a police officer. And actually, the reason you're here on Legally Speaking is because, A, I'm a kind of a cop groupie. And um, I love stories of uh, process and how things worked. And you contacted us to say it's like 20 years since the U of I has had motorcycle police officers, right?
1: That's correct. Okay. Um, This month in 1999, the University of Illinois Police got their first... uh, well, wouldn't say the first, but we got motorcycles again, and uh, we hadn't had them f- till the late or early 1960s, is when we had our last one. So we were pushing 40 years, and uh,
0: we were able to get them back. Interesting. Do you know why they fell from favor or fell from use, I guess I should say, or well, do you even have any notion about that? The story
1: I was told from all the old guys before me, because uh-huh. I would run into a lot of them after I started riding, was uh, they couldn't really find guys that would be interested in riding a bike. You know, it's a, it's a weather thing. You'll get caught out in the weather or you will be uh, on it and it turns cold or, you know, it's it's a, it's a, you got to really love it to do it. And uh, they slowly started falling out of guys that didn't want to do it anymore. And um, it made more sense to them at that time to, well, let's get rid of this and get a, another vehicle and we can put three shifts in a mm-hmm. vehicle.
0: Okay. So tell me then in 99, how did the, how did the motorcycles come back?
1: Well, it actually started in about '96. Okay. Um, I had I had a motorcycle then and rode uh, Harley Davidson. And um, is
0: there any other kind? Oh, sure, sure. <laughs> Just I'm, kidding. Yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> but uh, there was a uh, Lieutenant Dave Nelson that worked at the department at the time. And uh, we went on a lot of rides together, and we joined this uh, Harley Owners Group. They call it Hog for short. Mm-hmm. And they'd have these dinner rides and stuff. You'd you'd meet at a, a Harley Davidson dealership, and then you'd go ride someplace and eat, and then you'd ride to the that dealership in that town, and then come home. Uh So, you know, we did a lot of that together and we thought, you know, we ought to put our heads together and see if we can get motorcycles on the police department because they used to have them. And I know Champaign used to have them because when I was a child, three years old, I lived next door to the Champaign police officer Bunker Jones. Oh, And Bunker Jones was their last motorcycle rider, and it was a three-wheeler. Oh, cool. And when we were kids, he'd bring it home to the neighborhood, evenings, what whatnot, and give us rides as kids. So and, wait a
0: minute. Tell me, I don't want to have to ask you your age, but about what year would Bunker Jones have hung up the, uh, well, the tricycle? Not, <laughs> uh, uh, you know, I'm not sure. I think
1: uh, Champagne got rid of theirs about the same time we got rid of ours, so I would have said that would have been probably... Mid-60s. Okay. But this would have been in 1958. Oh, all right. Uh, And um, I think our last police bike at the U of I was a 1958.
0: What kind was it? It was a Harley-Davidson. Oh, okay. Yeah, Yeah.
1: and Champagnes were Harley-Davidson's as well.
0: Was there something special about their make, their size, well, just that made them a safer or, you know, I don't know more well, imposing? <laughs> uh,
1: back in the day, they were really uh, uh, Harley Davidson and Indian were the two biggest motorcycle uh, manufacturers, and they got into it, thrown into it by the war, and they made ah. so many bikes that they used overseas in the war. They could drop them from planes. They had, just had tons of motorcycles. And when a lot of guys came back from World War II that rode motorcycles, they were the ones that kind of started the police motors. I mean, they had police motors back in the teens, but when you had so many guys coming back from World War II and had the skills and um, they knew the bikes were you know, worthy of doing this, probably way more, uh, they probably put them through way more than we would on our streets. Sure. But um, they're the ones that kind of put this whole program together for, you know, across Mm -hmm. the nation.
0: Okay, but uh, all right. get back on your story of how you had to get through the bureaucracy that is the University of uh, Illinois. So myself
1: and Lieutenant Nelson, um, we researched and we interviewed and talked to all of these departments that had police motorcycle units. And said how do you do this and so we wrote a proposal and we presented it to the University of Illinois Board of Trustees and the first time it was just a no and then this no s- no reason yeah, just, just we're no. not interested and then the second time we we put more um, numbers together and whatnot and they decided well um, it's a money issue we don't have the money to to deal with this so we are uh, at one of these hog rides, and we stopped to eat, and we're sitting at the table with Sharon Andre, who was the owner of, still is the owner of Andre's Harley Davidson, which in is Urbana.
0: an institution in this town.
1: Yes, and uh, she said, "You know what would be cool is you guys ought to have motorcycles on the police department." We said, "Yeah, tell us about it. We've been trying to do this for the last two years." She said, "You know the." Um, Police Motors, Harley-Davidson Police Motors in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, has a program set up for this. Let me call Monday and see what I can find out. She calls me back Tuesday and says, there is a deal. Um, You have to have a participating dealer to sponsor you, but Harley-Davidson Police Motors will send that dealer a a motorcycle for the the police department. If they do not have a, a motorcycle now, and it's to start the program, and this deal will be they will lease it for a dollar a year. Oh. and But the dealer has to be participating to do this because the dealer actually buys the bike, mm-hmm. and then they lease it to the department for a dollar. And then the contract states you have to get it serviced there and everything. So it's a good deal for the dealer, but it's a great deal for the police department and the community to get into this for only a dollar a sure. year. Sure.
0: So Sharon was an enthusiastic participant from the get-go. Absolutely. Well, but for her knowing of this program, you yeah. might still be Oh, absolutely.
1: presenting we, proposals we, we, to we, a, it would it would not have <laughs> happened. It would not have happened.
0: That is so nice. Yeah. That is and, so nice. Yeah,
1: and so uh uh we took that contract and we put it to the board of trustees, and they said, okay, these guys have been bugging us. It's only a dollar. And we said, well, we'll give you the dollar if that's the – no, no, we'll – so they said, yeah, we'll do it. So we gra- they signed off on it. We grabbed all the paperwork. We ran back over to Sharon Andres, and um, and that's was when they were on Main Street in Urbana.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And uh, we're jumping up and down. Hey, we're going to get a bike. We can get a bike. So she calls um, Milwaukee and talks to the main guy in charge of all this whole program. And he says, you know, I don't have any bikes right now. He says, but let me find you one. So she hung up, and we're in her office, and we're kind of down, and the phone rings, and it's him calling right back. He says, well, I got good news and bad news. He says, the good news is is um, I found you a bike. Um, it is in the Virgin Islands. And we shipped it there, and they do not need it or want it. So it's in the crate still. They're just going to put your dealership address on it and ship it to you, and that's your bike. And Sharon says, well, what's the bad news? And he says, well, the bad news is it's navy blue. Oh It's you, not black and white. Uh, it's navy blue. But you went, yippee! So we made... Lemonade out of lemons. We just or, we just used orange on all of the, <laughs> the lettering and the logos and whatnot, and it turned out really really nice. It was just orange and blue. It was just meant to be, you know. So it worked out great. So then we started using it uh, in 1999 when we got it. And okay, that's, and that's a 1999 bike.
0: So tell me who were the inaugural riders, and did you just have the one bike and rode it all three shifts, or Talk a little bit about that.
1: We had the one bike, and um, now that we got this bike, it's like okay, we have to decide who's going to ride it so um, we came up with a deal where if um, if you were uh, in the police a police officer for more than three years, you had to have at least three years in mm-hmm. and you had a valid um, motorcycle driver's license for that size of bike because there's two classifications small bikes and big bikes. Then you could apply. Okay. And then once we got that done, then we had five or six apply. And then we would go out to the assembly hall parking lot and set up a course. And then you would ride through the course. And there were several motorcycle enthusiasts, um, the lieutenant, there was a captain, and uh, there were some others that, you know, had some interest in it and been riding for a while. Mm Mm-hmm. And then they would select who they thought could ride the bike the best. And so that's, that's how we determined that. Uh-huh. So, uh, Officer George Sandwick was the one that was picked. So, he was our very first officer to start this new program up. And then it was, you had to go to training. So, the training is um, the University of Northwestern puts on this program with Harley-Davidson Police Motors, and it is an 80-hour course. Ooh. And it is a long 80-hour course. I'll bet. You think, oh, man, that's a hoot, go ride Harleys for 80 hours. But um, <laughs> it was just it was an eye-opening experience for me when I went through it. But it's they teach an awful lot, and it's still that's still the mandatory deal to be on our department to be able to do it. And I think it's pretty much nationwide. Almost every department won't put a guy out there
0: mm-hmm. uh,
1: without going through this training.
0: Am I correct? George Sandwick is still on the department.
1: He is. Is he
0: still riding the cycle? He
1: does. Oh,
0: Wonderful. <laughs> yes. Um, and was he the only one, or did you have he, others? He, he was the only one okay. for
1: for about a year and then we said okay let's and it's it's expensive it's like $4500 to put a guy through this course oh. and and then it's expensive to buy a helmet and boots and jacket and all mm-hmm. the you know, all the gear that goes with it so once they recouped from that they said okay we we can do this again so let's get a second officer mainly for um we went to a 10 hour shift so you had rotating days off. Mm-hmm. And you could be off three or four days at a time. If they needed a motorcycle, well, George is the only one that's riding it. We we won't have a bike for four days. What if something comes up when we want to use mm-hmm. the bike? So let's get another officer going. So then we all did the same thing, and I was selected the second time to do that. And um, went to the class. Um, ended up breaking my foot in the class on the second day and hung it out for the two-week period and um, (laughs) based on that there was one little thing I could not get through so I didn't pass the test and uh, the lieutenant called back up there and said "Uh, hey I see my guy didn't pass he said oh man there's the only reason he didn't pass is that that foot issue he said he get him healed up send him back to class free of charge we're going to take care of him so the 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 upside to that was i got to go to this 80 hour harley davidson school in tampa florida oh. in march so it worked out pretty nice for me but oh. <laughs> uh, and i Passed it hands down. Then I didn't have any problems whatsoever going through it the second time.
0: What year would so, that have been for you?
1: You know, I want to say that would have been probably two thousand. Okay. Two thousand, maybe two thousand one. Okay. Yeah.
0: And then so, did you start riding full oh, time? Oh, immediately.
1: Yep. Okay. As, as soon as you get through, you're on board. You're done. But it. I
0: mean, did did the department still just have the one motorcycle? Yep. Still okay. had
1: the one, but you know, they then they would. Definitely put George and I on different shifts, yes. So that you okay. know there was always a bike ready to go when they needed it.
0: Okay. So tell me the kinds of things that the department chose to use the bike for. I mean, were you just doing basic patrol? I mean, of course, I've always seen you lead yeah. parades and and fun things. But um. I guess
1: that's the the neat thing about the motorcycle is that you got all you got to do all the neat stuff, you know, the parades <laughs> and whatnot. <laughs> Um, the very first assignment that I got as a motor officer was to uh, escort the Prince of Jordan from the uh, Illinois South Garage over to Cranet um, Performing Arts. There was something going on there. And uh, so I met with him there, and I told him, I said, now, I'm just an escort. We're not doing lights and siren. We're not running red lights. We're just... You know, you just follow me. I'm kind of like your guide to get you there mm-hmm. safe and sound. And uh, the apparently he didn't understand this, whoever was driving, which was kind of bad because he was a university employee driving a university vehicle. So I don't know what what, what happened there, but... The very first stop, he must have thought that we were going through the lights. Thought he was in a funeral procession. Exactly. And the very first light I stopped at, he runs into the back of me. Oh, no. And if it wasn't for my training, I would have not (laughs) made it through that. I was able to regain control of the bike. The bike never went down. I was knocked up on the box of the back of the bike. I slid down on the seat, was able to reach out, pull in the clutch, drop it in gear, and pull away from them. Awesome. Well, then when we get to Krannert, they all get out of the car and they want to high-five me because they thought that was a like a show or something. Like it was a planned <gasps> thing. So oh, my I God. Thought, I'm not doing too good here. The first thing, first thing right out of the box, I get assigned to is oh if this is gosh. the way it's going to be. I don't know what I signed up for.
0: Did you know? have to write a report on yourself?
1: <laughs> no, n- n- no, but they they did they did write a damage report, and the South Garage ended up putting new chrome on the back of the bike. Yeah, oh you know, they fixed it. Gosh. They repaired it. So, well,
0: I assume that uh, for all subsequent assignments that were like that, you made it very clear to the people following Absolutely. you yeah. what the expectations yes. were. Yeah. Wow. That What a story for life.
1: <laughs> Very versed assignment. So, That's funny. Yeah.
0: Okay, so talk about some of the advantages of being on a cycle.
1: Oh, well, um, the biggest advantage I found out right away is I'd pull up to a stoplight and I'd look over and I could just look into the car. I mean, I was oh. just enough high enough I could just look down in the car so I could kind of see what they were doing in the vehicle. So mm-hmm. that, that became really uh, a good point of that um being able to get maneuver in and out of traffic was just a big premium for that um, w- w- we were trained in this and we were you know used a lot of uh, uh, paying attention to what you're doing but we would use a lot of the bicycle paths on campus okay because you can get on those and you can just dart across campus there's mm-hmm. no lights there's no you just got to watch for peds and bicyclists and a lot of times uh, there weren't that many people out in the evenings and sure. stuff for that anyway. But, um, yeah, it was just very easy to get around town. Um, uh, concealment was very good if you needed to, and uh, it just worked out really good.
0: Can you think of any, uh, do you have any dramatic chase stories where uh, being in on the cycle was, you know, a huge advantage? Uh Well, not even pursuit stories. Well, this one was
1: a pursuit. It was a a dispatch came out where a a bank or it wasn't a bank. It was a store that was just robbed. Uh And um, I happened to be, you know, within a mile or so away. So I thought, well, let me just drift that way. And lo and behold, here comes the car at me uh, going down Bradley Avenue. And uh, they were Uh, eastbound on Bradley. So I turned around, and I stayed behind a van so they couldn't see me. And I'm just calling it in, calling in Mm -hmm. the plate, calling in direction of travel, where we're going, what we're doing, and people are starting to load up. You know, I can hear County coming. I can hear Urbana coming. And um, they started going really fast north on Lincoln Avenue, about at Andre's, Harley-Davidson, and uh, it, they made it appear, they were actually in the left lane, and they made it appear like they were going to go over the interstate. Yes. And they just floored it and went on to the interstate.
0: Oh, took a hard left. Yeah, uh, just
1: trying to, you know, making, oops. thinking I'm in the left lane as well. And, uh, of course, the van went straight, and I got on the interstate, and then, then they knew you know what was going on so it was they put the pedal to the floor and uh, i really thought they were going to go to danville and at the very last second they almost went through the ditch to catch the exit ramp at uh, university avenue Uh in, in in urbana Ended up chasing them into one of those sub- subdivisions mm-hmm. down through there. But it was great because I could hear the sirens coming from all over. And I didn't even have my lights on. I was just trying to gather information just to relay right. them where they're going and where they're at. Turned out to be the guys. Um, one of them ran in a house. Two of them ran in yards. I think Urbana got one. County got one. Champaign came out because it happened in Champaign. Um I knew what the guy looked like but I didn't know where he went mm-hmm. and little did I know he pulled into his own driveway <laughs> bailed out and jumped into the house change clothes came out and goes what's going on And champagne <laughs> arrested them so all all four of us got involved in that wow. you know from oh um, another
0: fun story yeah so i've often wondered when you are uh, obviously you've got the big cycle on do, can you hear metcad well i mean oh yeah um, your cycle is still noisy is it not
1: yeah but uh, they're equipped with a microphone and an ear sure. in sure okay. helmet. so i can hear them and they can pretty much hear me unless I'm mm-hmm. really got a lot of wind noise. And sometimes we would get wind noise and we'd try to have to cup uh-huh. the mic, but um we did pretty good. Yeah, we did pretty good understanding each other.
0: You seem like a soft-spoken person. Do do you have diminished hearing from years of riding cycles? I may uh,
1: not know it. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, yes, I, just, yeah. You know, I just wondered well, if you Well, you know, the the funny thing about it is is we'd go to a lot of motorcycle shows. Four Andres, you know. That's hey, can Mm -hmm. you bring the bikes out and show off the police bikes at a show? And guys would come up and they'd just say, "This thing's just too quiet. You need louder pipes. Loud pipes save lives." And I'd go, "Well, the 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 quiet pipes let me sneak up on you." So, and they they are pretty quiet. Interesting,
0: interesting. Um, Tell me who else has been motorcycle officers at the U of I. You haven't had that many. The
1: third one was John Whittington. Okay, yes, he's also retired now. John Whittington retired. And then we had um, John Wright and um, Officer Schroeder. And
0: and there's one more and I can't Okay, well, it'll Um, come to you. That's all right. Has it been all
1: men? Chris, oh, Chris is the other rider. Right yeah, all, all guys. Um, yeah,
0: I mean, you're you're a fairly strapping guy. I don't want to say huge, but you've got to yeah. have some mass to hold up a Harley Davidson. Yeah,
1: but uh, you know, there's. I've seen women drop these things and pick them up too. If you know what you're oh. doing, you can you can do it. They uh, they weigh anywhere from eight to nine hundred pounds, oh depending on how much equipment's on them.
0: That was going to be my but, next uh, question.
1: That's the fir- one of the first things they teach you in the motor class is how to pick the bike up because you put it down about 80 times that first day. Oh. It's just crazy. And uh, they, they show you where to grab the bike, where to put your body, where to use your mm-hmm. legs to lift it up and everything. And then we would, we would do demonstrations. Uh, we'd have a lot of... Um, motorcycle safety programs sure. that we would do at Andre's lot and you know when they're having a show or something and then we would literally just drop a bike and just show them how to pick it up and we'd usually try to grab the smallest person in the crowd,
0: uh-huh. have
1: them come out show them where to place their hands, what to use and the crowd's kind of like wow that guy picked that bike up you know so it kind of gives them like well I guess I could pick mine up It's too, like the first time you throw somebody yeah. in judo. Uh... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: Oh, that's it. That's interesting. So, was there all? Has there always been a lot of competition to be the motorcycle riding no, police officer? It, no,
1: it was uh, pretty much everybody that put in for it, and they really wanted it. They mm-hmm. got it, you know. And and uh, well, we're actually gonna. You know, they never replaced me. They never replaced Whittington. So we're actually kind of down a couple mm, that's officers. Too bad. George has got about a year or so left to go. So. Mm-hmm. Um I think that they're actually going to try to get somebody up and going this this you know so maybe
0: were there times of the year that you did hate being on the cycle I mean I you know I can't <laughs> imagine February and uh, no, I, I loved every
1: minute of it even though it was cold and we froze to death when we did uh Uh, football games oh sure Um, this program turned out to be really useful in the at the uh, football games we would do the uh, escorts for the buses in and out oh sure um then once we got done doing all of the escorts and stuff because we had band escorts visiting band visiting team our team all that sort of stuff we would do lot patrol Okay. To where we could literally just drive between motorhomes and all that. But we became really popular. We'd be driving around. They'd flag us down. Hey, you guys want a Coke or something? No, we're all good. We're just making sure, you know. And we just basically patrolled for fights, fires, and illegal ticket sales. That's basically what they wanted us to watch out for, you know. and. Yeah, if there was a fight brewing and you see a couple of motors roll through, it's kind of like, okay, and that, that goes away. And then <laughs> if there's a fire that uh, – you could have some fires, but none of these uh, big barrel fires or big fire – they didn't want big mm-hmm. bonfires and stuff. You could have a grill to cook out on and stuff, but we would – Actually, put a fire extinguisher in the saddlebag of the bike, and because a lot of people dump their charcoal into the oh, garbage, yeah. and it just starts a fire, Bum. and there's no need to run a big truck all the way out there sure. just to put a little. So we just ride up at the bike, squirt it, and be done. we're
0: so done. I'm curious to know, um, is does. Does a, being on a motorcycle promote a different kind of community policing? I mean, you're yes, right up there, especially absolutely. in the summer. Absolutely. Surely you must have a whole lot of the, the interaction har- with people. Yeah,
1: the, the Harley-Davidson School uh, pretty much taught us that. They said, when you get on this bike, you are like a, a calling card. <laughs> it's, yeah. And, and it, they compared it to um, horse-drawn patrol. Um, if you go to these big cities, St. Mm-hmm. Louis stuff where they still use horses, sure. the kids just want to come up and pet the horse and they want to see it or not even, they don't even have to be a kid. Right. They just want to see this. And then that drew, that was the same thing. You know, if it's okay, it's not a horse, but man, it's chrome and it's loud, you know, and it's, it just looks good. So, uh, yeah, it was just a calling card. It just drew, drew people in all the time and we used it. We used it for community policing to the nines you know we'd hand out patches uh, little stickers for kids uh we'd put kids on the bike take pictures of them uh we just yeah we just used it to our advantage the most that we could and
0: sure
1: i can't think anything else other than that you know something like that it's just an icebreaker you know
0: sure and i mean everybody likes the cycle cops yeah Yeah. (laughs) i mean the (laughs) chip (laughs) you know yeah (laughs) yeah everybody
1: grew up with that of course everybody wants to come up and say how fast does this go you know well what's the answer as fast as i need to Uh, (laughs) do you you
0: feel like you have to have a special personality you you need to be maybe a little bit more of a people person not that all police officers don't go into it because they want to help folks uh, yeah absolutely uh,
1: it's that and a little more maybe mechanically inclined than the next guy well sure or um a lot of common sense stuff you gotta think you know you 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 think about driving a car on campus oh, white uh, knuckle every, experience exactly well then get on a motorcycle and do that and i really learned early on they do not see you not only do they not see you i was involved in another crash the lady didn't see me pull mm. right out in front of me and i t-boned her Ugh. but not only that but i couldn't believe how long it took for people to pull over you know, once I was behind them and I had the lights on, it was like, what, what are they not seeing? Mm. And uh, we put more lights on, tried to use the siren a little bit more. And um, I think it was just they were, they're not used to it in this area.
0: Oh, you know, I think just, um, I, many, many years ago when I first got out of college, I thought I wanted to buy a small cycle to get mm-hmm. around to work and stuff. And I took first things first. I took the motorcycle safety course. Mm-hmm. Absolutely loved it. After spending, you know, the 16-hour course, much of it, the poor Bruce Kramer was running after me because I couldn't quite get gas clutch, yeah, and I yeah. popped more wheelies than I care <laughs> to admit. But I realized, okay, I don't think I'm cut out to ride a motorcycle safely, but it made me such a better car driver, it does. I think, it um, does. in terms of looking, what to look for, and being respectful, and yep. just as you don't want motorcycles weaving in and out of you when you're in a car. Sure. Um you know, it's yep. just everybody should take motorcycle safety. Yeah, if you have no, no intention of ever riding one, yeah. yeah,
1: or jump on a bicycle and just ride it across town. And, absolutely, you know,
0: absolutely, it's an eye opener. Um, okay, I one last thing I came across when I was looking through uh, some pictures on a website was: Did you indeed get to? Escort Bruce Weber into the assembly <laughs> hall in a mo- on a motorcycle and a sidecar. Tell me about that.
1: Okay, yeah, that that was uh, a brainchild of Jimmy Johns, <laughs> and, and uh, he a uh, very generous guy. He would uh, give away motorcycles to uh, people in his organization, uh-huh. and he b- bought a lot of them from Andre's. Is he
0: a writer too? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, he uh, is amongst, a man of many talents. Yeah, isn't exactly.
1: He? <laughs> and um so uh, he got a hold of Sharon somehow they put that together that he wanted to bring Bruce Weber in to the assembly hall on court in a in a uh, <laughs> sidecar and uh i they might have been able to do it on a regular motorcycle but i don't think Bruce Weber would want to do it any you know i don't think he wanted to do that i think he was a you know, sidecar at least it's not going to fall over <laughs> And that was his whole plan. And then, of course, it was like, well, let's get him escorted on from the U of I police. And um, we had no practice runs. We just did that. And all myself and George did that. And it was like, you know, this court's got to be like ice. So don't do any different, you know, fast movements or something very slow. And it was just everything we could do to just creep around <laughs> with the brake on to just so we wouldn't. Because I know George was thinking it, and I was too, oh, this is going to look bad if we go down. Yes. Not only that, it would destroy the floor. And then it's game time. and it's, <gasps> oh, we can't play a game. So there's a lot of pressure on that one. But, uh, yeah, that was. That oh, was, that's fun. That's where that came from. And, yeah, and we've got tons of pictures of that i can't that's believe fun. all the people that took pictures and sent that to us
0: um i had two other thoughts okay so let's get back to sharon andre yes um, absolutely is she still an active supporter i mean is andre still yep. supplying the cycles for yes, the u of i police yep, department to and this
1: to this day they still do and we are just honored that that that's taken place um, I want to guess and say that it was around 2004, maybe five. Um, I was down there getting a bike serviced, mm-hmm. and she says, "Hey, I got something on my desk for you." And I said, "Okay." And of course, I'll back up. After the first year, we did this. We're mm-hmm. thinking, "Okay, this is toast. You better you know love this because this is going away." She hands us a contract for two years at a dollar oh, a year. Wonderful. So we take that back, and of course they signed on for it. And then after that, ne- that next contract came up. She handed me a contract for two bikes at a dollar a year oh, for two years. Wow. So she's just continued to do the the dollar a year thing, and she basically supplies the bikes. It's you know it's their their money's involved in it. And um, they're actually – those bikes are actually titled in the University of Illinois for insurance purposes Mm -hmm. and for if, you know, you were to wreck one, Mm -hmm. all all the legalities of it. And then when – She'll call up and say, hey, I got a got your brand-new bike. This and what we've been doing is we have two bikes, so we get a brand-new bike every year. Oh. And then we just flip-flop every other year. So, you know, one year we'd have a 13 and a 14 yes. and then a 14 and a 15 and a, and on and on.
0: How lucky and, for any police officer to have yeah, yeah, uh, brand, equipment.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, that's just so new. so vital to uh, police organizations now. They're always looking for money. How do we do this? You know, whether it be cameras sure. or anything and uh, it's just really been a blessing and uh back when I turned I turned in that our very first bike that 1999 that was in 2003 I believe she says yeah I've kind of let this slide she says but I got you a new bike it says this 2003 and uh, I said well you know Sharon what are you going to do with the 99 well we'll take off all the equipment and we'll sell it on the floor we got people waiting in line to buy police bikes uh-huh Unless you want it, I'll just sell it to you just the way it is and you can just keep it that way. And so I was able to buy it. And it still looks the day it looked like when we took it off the street.
0: I'm betting you didn't even check and, with the wife on and, that one, did no. you? <laughs> <laughs>
1: and it's just, I use it for parades and, uh, you know, funerals and police officer memorials and, you know, bike shows and that sort of stuff. So it's it's really been a blessing on it.
0: That just does my heart good you to know. know that it went to a, a happy uh, home yeah, where okay. it would be well cared for. Yeah. Well, anything else you want to add? We ought to wrap this up. But what a what a fun topic. <laughs>
1: yeah, I, we just the the police department just really wants to thank uh Sharon Andre and uh it's been 20 years and it's been a great ride so to speak. <laughs> and uh uh I I'm sure it's going to continue. I, I've been retired 3 years and I've been back to Andres and you know everything's been going fine. They keep getting a new bike every year. I don't think they look to uh you know do away with their side of the deal and it it's really a feather and a cap to their dealership too oh. to to be able to do that and be part of the community and right and uh um that's their contribution to law enforcement I'm well sure that, you know
0: it's it is a major contribution and um again, Steve meckling, thank you for your contribution and uh What a fun topic. Uh, I've enjoyed having you as my guest on Legally Speaking. It
1: was living the dream.